What's up, Gangkai Nation? Tasha, I want to make a hit checking in. And you're about to hear the show presented by Express Sun's Rooms of Columbia. Spurs up. Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game! Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. I'll watch him celebrate now! Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dabbitt. It is. Greetings and good morning. Finally, it has arrived. College baseball is back, not only in the state of South Carolina, but all across the country. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from our Sinorama studios, and of course, very proudly presented by Express Sunrooms. The Nanosports chat box is open and active as always, and we hope that you will continue to be in there throughout the next couple of ours. Uh, Signorama is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. And if you're headed down to Founders Park today, you'll see their work everywhere. So if you need something when it comes to signage, whether it's for your home, your work, your car, whatever it may be, that's who you go to. That's who the Gamecocks go to. 803-407-9284. Signorama.com. Gamecock, Gamecock owned and operated. All right. JC, Phil, and me, JB, will be here to one, as I mentioned, but we'll be joined by a host of people much more talented, at least than I am. I won't speak for the two of you. Every single one of these individuals today, unless I'm unaware of something to do with John Whittle, except him, all heard their name called at one point in time in the Major League Baseball draft. And every single one of them were unbelievable at the University of South Carolina in Gamecock, Garnet, and Black. Blake Cooper, Drew Myers, Scott Wingo, Kip Faultnight, Justin Smoke, and former left-hander Matt Campbell will all be on our program. Uh, we'll tee it up in just a moment with Blake Cooper. John will step in as it is opening day, and he is the leading baseball guy for the Big Spur, and so certainly looking forward to getting his thoughts. His preview is also out for the season. I think John's got him going 38-18 and 18 this year. That's on the Big Spur before we get Blake in here, though, JC, Phil, finally, it has arrived. I hope everybody will stick around. 12 o'clock, kind of a special tip of the cap to Gamecock baseball that you'll probably all enjoy. And we'll all enjoy, hopefully, a great season together. I would hope so, but I'm a little worried because I invited John in because I knew he was our local soccer expert. I may have our days mixed up here. Hold on. Yeah. Let me, uh, 
<laughs> John, John is very good at covering soccer, <laughs> also basketball, football, uh, jack of all trades, but certainly uh, uh, what he does with baseball is special. I mean, he provides uh, everything from recruiting to personnel, uh, the whole nine yards uh, in baseball. So certainly – uh, he's worked with us for a long time, and uh, it wouldn't be a uh, – I think it's going to be a pretty good lineup, but, you know, he's an important part of this lineup today and, and certainly looking forward to catching up with everybody else as well. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Again, all those guys will be joining us throughout uh, the morning and early afternoon. Yeah, we see you, Cam. Uh, Justin is a, a good, good man, and you'll look, you'll, uh, you'll enjoy that conversation. A couple of stories in there about Coach Tanner that I think we'll all enjoy. This guy's got a lot of stories about Coach Tanner as well. He's the pitching coach of the Citadel Bulldogs now here in the Low Country. He's a former right-hander. He is a national champion, and he is much more than that, including dad and husband these days, Blake Cooper, a career. 34-game winner for the Gamecocks, fifth all-time with 13 wins in a single season. That was in 2010. Fourth all-time in wins overall with 34. Second all-time in starts. Second all-time in innings pitched. He's a 2010 All-American, a 2007 freshman All-American, and he's a 2010 12th-round draft pick. And, Blake, if you get mad at me for missing something, that's fine. We'll deal with it off the air. But I did everything I could to get all the highlights in for you. What's up, dude? How's it going? I appreciate that. That's, um, you know, it's hard to really you know, think about all the things that you, you've done in your career, but I appreciate you recognizing those. Blake's on his way to Wendy's right now for a pregame meal, it looks like. Sir, <laughs> uh, sure, uh, <laughs> I wish there was a Wendy's close by, but I'm actually um, sitting in the parking lot getting ready to head out for stretch. Well, I, if I know Blake well enough, he's probably actually out there about to throw a line or two into the river before he jumps back into the ballpark. Uh, that, that was early this morning before our first meeting. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, um, Blake, I know we uh, we got short time with everybody today, and I know these guys certainly want to ask you some, some questions, but um, – uh, obviously, this is about the Gamecocks. You, you and the Citadel will be out on the field today, led by Tony Skoll once again this season. Y'all got Delaware State coming to town. Um, you know, I'd ask you to describe for me the difference in opening day as a player and as a coach. Yeah, you know, it's actually one thing that obviously I thought you might ask me. Um, you know, I can remember, you know, as a player for the first time at University of South Carolina, um, you know, it was a special moment for me because I grew up in a small town and it was a situation to where, you know, honestly, I didn't really have aspirations of playing college baseball. I was just kind of living in a moment, playing the game I loved. And then obviously the opportunity arised, um, you know, and I could remember that, that first time out on Sarge Fry Field, you know, just kind of soaking in the atmosphere and looking at the guys around me, um, you know, and that was really the first time where, where I felt like, you know, I fit, um, at that school and obviously a prestigious program. So, you know, it's a different, it's a different feeling because you're preparing a different way as a player versus a coach. Um, as a player, you, you're more worried about, you know, how can you develop yourself and get better and help the team? Whereas the coach, you know, for me, I'm trying to navigate, you know, 20 different pitchers and try to make sure they're prepared. Um, you know, and the biggest thing as a coach is, you know, you know, a lot of, a lot of things as a coach, but you want to be able to, to get your players to understand it as much as you do. So, and as much as you think they know, um, they don't know half as much as what you think they do. So, 
you, you got to really try to try to prepare them as best as you can. And I think that, you know, this year is probably the first time where I feel like, you know, we've got everything covered. We've got the pieces to do really good things. Um, and it's time for those guys just to go out and play. Blake, uh, Will Sanders takes them out for the game cost today. And, of course, you have your starting pitcher down there at Citadel. You know, just as a player thinking back, what, 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 you know, what's the mindset? And, and opening day seems to be just a little bit more special maybe than, uh, you know, opening just a normal uh, three-game set. I mean, I mean it's, a, it's a long off season, And, uh, you know, what, what's kind of the mindset right here uh, in this moment for uh, all the starting pitchers around college baseball? Yeah, it's definitely a different experience. Um you know, you're the guy that gets to kick off the season. You get you get to see all the things you've worked hard on really come to fruition. Um, you know, for me, it was, you know, I like to get out, you know, on the field a little bit early to kind of soak in the atmosphere and kind of get acclimated to the fans and what's going on around me. That way I can get in the comfort zone. Um, that's just the type of guy I was. But it's definitely special because that means you're the number one guy on that pitch staff and you're the leader of the team and you want to get things started off in the right way. So, uh, for those guys, obviously, man, it's, um, you know, it's special to be able to play there. And I think, you know, they've gotten to the point where guys are starting to realize that. And um, it's a special place. And, you know, it's it's really an honor to put on that uniform. So, um, you know, like I said, it's a special thing. And it's something that, you know, it, don't, it doesn't happen but a few times in your life. And you really got to soak it in. Yeah, there's no question, man. I mean, you, you, it, and and I think one of the neat things about Gamecock baseball, and I and I know that it's like this, in a lot of different places, but we we have the luxury of being in this fraternity. You know, it is, um, it really is that, Blake. You know, you you talk about the fact of of your era and when you pitched at Carolina, oh seven to twenty ten, but when you put that uniform on, it, you carry more than yourself out there and your teammates. You carry a, a prior history, which is which is we know is really, really good. And then and then also you're playing for a bunch of kids that hope to be in your shoes one day. And then somehow, some way down the road, that always wraps itself into just one big Gamecock baseball bubble. You know, what's that like, having connections to guys who put that uniform on, you know, from decades before you? And even now, you've probably recruited some of the kids that are playing there now, but it's just really interesting to see how it all comes together at some point. Yeah, it is. It's um, Obviously, I grew up a South Carolina fan. Um, you know, growing up, you know, in South Carolina, you know, if you're a Carolina fan, man, that's the that's the place you want to go. You know, I could remember when I was playing high school ball and travel ball. I remember the game where we hit five home runs in a row. And, I, you know, I remember all the guys that were there when I got there. And, it, you know, it was just a situation where, you know, it's a family. Um, and then when you get there, man, it's it, you really you're working hard for the guys that came before you. Um you know, when I got there, there were older guys like Jeff Jeffords and Connor Lawler and just some of the guys that yeah. I played with for only a year that really pushed me. Um, you know, I can remember that, you know, I was just a young freshman, 170 pounds coming in. And, you know, Coach Tanner, what he did was he put me with the strongest guy on the team um, and Jeff Jeffords, who really, you know, he had his ups and downs on the field. But, man, when it came to the weight room and working, that dude got after it. So he he's the one that, that kind of, taught me my work ethic when I was at the field. So, you know, it was a situation where, man, that guy, that guy poured into me when I got there. Um, and then what you want to do as a player is you pour into the young guys when you get older. And then what happens is that that, that becomes a trickle effect. Um, so there, you know, you create that family and that base. And when guys come back, um, you, you, you want them, the guys that look up to you and so forth and so on. So it's definitely a um, 
special place, you know, you, where you're there, you're playing for the guys that were there before you, and you want to leave your mark on the program for guys to look up to you while you're there and then when you're gone. So um, we've got guys that actually, you know, Carmen Majinski, you know, he's around. He's getting his off-season work here at the Citadel. Um, and I've never met Carmen, but just because we wore that same uniform, man, it's like, you know, we're brothers. You know, he made that comment to me. I was like, hey, man, I don't know who you – I don't know if you know exactly who I am, but I'm such a – he's like, man, I know you. You're my brother. You know, you played at South Carolina. I understand that. So it's a special place for sure. Um, you know, it's, it's just a given that, man, you put that uniform on. It means something. Um, and you're playing for the guys around you and the guys that came before you. So, do you, uh, We got only a couple minutes left, Coop. Do you remember your first start at South Carolina? How did that come about? What did Coach Tanner tell you before you ran on the mound? Okay, so – we're actually, um, so I believe, you the know, PG I was, the la- I, was <laughs> I was the last guy out of the bullpen um, to start the year. I believe I, you know, I had around an 18 or 20 ERA going in out of the fall into the spring. Obviously, I had some tough conversations with, with, with uh, Coach Tanner. Um, and then I believe we're, we're playing in a preseason tournament. And, you know, there's two guys left. It's me and Curtis Johnson. Uh, and I remember Coach Tanner looks at Coach Calvin and says, whoever can, whoever can get warm the fastest is going in the game. That's kind of where I was on the totem pole to start that year. So, you know, I got the opportunity to get in. I believe I rolled off eight innings scoreless. And then I believe, you know, we're getting ready to play Brown. And Harris Honeycutt was our Friday night starter. He ended up going down with a shoulder injury. Coach Tanner pull, pulls me over to the side. He said – Hey, um, you know, obviously, Harris, this was a Thursday night, mind you, you know, the night before a game. So kind of in scramble mode once he tells me the story. Um, but he, you know, he he's like, you know, Harris Honeycutt, you know, he's he's sore a little bit. So we're going to give him the weekend off. Uh, we had, you know, he said, I gave an opportunity to a guy by the name of Mike Cisco a few years ago. Um, and he ran with it. He's like, listen, you're going to get that opportunity tomorrow night. He said, I'm going to give you one chance, and that's all you get. So take it or leave it. This is your opportunity. And, um, you know, I can remember looking at him, obviously had no idea that I was going to get a start. I thought it was years down the road, and all of a sudden Coach Tanner hits me with that. So I go from the last guy out of the bullpen to making a start and then going on a 7-0 run as a freshman. So, you know, it happened really fast. Obviously, I'm sitting there thinking as a coach, how in the world – would I give a guy like that who was the last guy out of the pen to start the year to be in, you know, one of his weekend starters? So, obviously, um, things went well for me, and, you know, I kept rolling from there. You're one of many people that uh, consistently tips your hat to a guy named Ray Tanner and what he's done uh, for you as an individual, but for the entire University of South Carolina. He's he's a he's a great man, and he's uh, he's made an impact on a lot of people that's going to generations and generations down the road you'll be able to lead it back to him well Blake go get him today I know it's game one for the dogs uh before we let you run I, I do have one question I have never actually asked you and we've been friends for a long time what was it like to meet Aaron Andrews well obviously that was um you know a lot a lot of people would enjoy their time to meet Aaron Andrews um <laughs> Obviously, she was the the hot topic at that time and day. You think? Um, which, you know, obviously, I don't think that has uh, fizzled out at all. So, Let me uh, but, but I can remember that very vividly, like it was yesterday. 
I bet you can. The look on your face kind of says it all there. That was uh, that was it. That was in Omaha. Yeah, I, think. I figured Winning you'd have game. something. I figured you'd have something up your sleeve. <laughs> well, I'll see you this weekend. Uh, and um, appreciate everything as always, my man. And go get them. Tell Tony and everybody we give them our best. And uh, good luck. Will do. And go dogs. <laughs> That's right. Go dogs. There you go. Blake Cooper, the pitching coach. Uh, for the Citadel Bulldogs, former All-American at the University of South Carolina. It's time for a timeout. When we return, John Whittle will pop in. He'll be followed by a host of Gamecocks you all know, Drew Meyer, Scott Wingo, Kip Baltnight, Justin Smoke, and Matt Campbell, right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters, and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper and they offer pressure washing find them on facebook or call 803-522-6832 a couple of painters proud partners of inside the gamecocks the show are you sick and tired of your business computer guy yes he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests yeah same here i'm paying him good money i constantly have issues and i'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699? 1001 is Matt's contact number. Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is former All-American shortstop Drew Meyer. And you're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Gamecocks.
welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody, presented to you by Express Sun Rooms of Columbia. And don't forget, the first hour of the show is sponsored by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call, 864-414-5271, for your upstate residential real estate needs. And as we burn up the McKellar Enterprises guest line today, we are joined by none other than the Big Spurs' John Whittle. John, 38 and 18. I mean, you know, credibility be damned. You couldn't have found two more wins in there, man? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 think, uh, I, I think by most folks' predictions, I'm pretty optimistic. So I, I'm, I'm not sure I can get to 40 in the regular season, but throw in the SEC tournament, maybe. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, you're hanging the SEC too in the SEC tournament? Wait a minute now. I'm going to Hoover. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would uh, – I don't care if they win 50 in the regular season. I don't think I would go more than uh, 1.5 as the over-under in, in Hoover. Mm -hmm. With the way things go down there sometimes, mm -hmm. man. Uh, but you never know. It's a funny game. Well, first of all, John, I mean, is it going to rain or not? Uh, I just saw your post on the Big Spurs. So I know the answer to this question, but uh, we've been getting questions in the Nana Sports chat box. Give us a weather update. <laughs> Let me pull up my weather app since, since apparently <laughs> the other folks can't do that. Let's see. Um, scrolling down today, uh, 12 p.m., 40% chance. 1 p.m., 40% chance. Everything else is fine. Okay. So we may get some the uh, lunchtime <laughs> sprinkles, but by 4 p.m., first pitch, everything should be all good. Well, and if not, you just, you just push it back because it's a 4 o'clock first pitch. And then what happens, John, every year on opening day? Rain and cold, baby. Here it there comes. There we go. There we go. So it'll be a little damp out there, I guess, but we'll be okay. Uh, obviously, uh, one of the big questions, you know, I think everybody knows the coach, the pitching staff is going to be pretty solid this year, but uh, the hitting, uh, give us some guys to kind of look out for. I know uh, we, we've had, we had Monty Leon, we had uh, Coach Kingston on. They both mentioned Carson Hornig. Uh, I think it's I always kind of like to see where guys are from. He's from Kansas, of all places. Um, you know, and uh, it looks like he's going to be kind of toward the top of the order. Uh, you know, Braylon Wimmer. Uh, but but kind of take us through some guys to kind of keep an eye on since it is kind of a, a new-ish looking lineup uh, compared to last year. Yeah, I mean, you you hit on the guy who I, I think is is probably the best bat overall on the team. Um, Carson Hornick, very professional demeanor at the plate, has great pitch recognition, uh, great feel for the strike zone, uh, comfortable in hitting in any count. Uh, has some juice as, as well. Like, I, I would love to see him hitting in the three-hole at some point, but right now there's just not a guy on the roster who who is who is capable of hitting leadoff apart from him. So I, I think that's where he'll he'll start opening day and, and think he can be certainly very successful there. Uh, Braylon Wimmer didn't have a great fall, had a really nice preseason offensively, uh, hit 312 last year. Uh, overall, one of the top leading returning hitters in the Southeastern Conference from last year. Um, you know, overall, uh, re really good player there. I think he'll lead the team in doubles. He's got sneaky good power. I uh, really like him, obviously. A couple of the new guys I, I guess you should watch for are, are Gavin Costas and Caleb Denny. Uh, Caleb is is a little bit like Carson Hornig in, in that he'll give you a, a good at bat and and can can uh, has a little bit of juice, will hit some doubles, but I expect to have a high on-base percentage and high, high batting average too. So uh, Gavin's more of a – of a home run strikeout guy, it uh, wouldn't surprise me a bit if he's got, I don't know, 60 strikeouts this year. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he's got, 
18 home runs either. So you kind of kind of live with that when you can get that kind of power. So so those are a few of the guys I, I look at and, and a few of the traits about them too. John, uh, the 2012 team hit 265 that year and played in the College World Series finals. The 2022 team hit 263 and finished a game under 500. Um, it's about when you hit sometimes more than how much you actually hit. But I think, but the difference in those two teams is pitching, and that's been the emphasis for a while. And you're the best, you're the best out there at covering Carolina baseball. Uh, kind of describe it through your eyes and how this pitching staff has seemingly revamped itself coming into this season, as opposed to what we saw last year, and even maybe a little bit prior to that. Yeah, JV, first of all, if I, I agree with your 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 statement there on on the batting averages, one thing we should remember about that that twelve season in general is they were just coming off of switching into into new bats as well. So bat manufacturers were still kind of figuring it out. We saw we saw down batting averages everywhere, you know, from 2011 to 2012, 13, 14. And, and it, it's gotten better. But the point's well made. You know, pitching is, is certainly a, a great key to being very successful deep in the year and, and being hot at the right time is certainly very helpful offensively. I've always kind of thought, you know, once you once you make it into the postseason, if if you're if you're a hot team and you can start feeding off some of that momentum, you know, you, you can do a lot of great things. But South Carolina's pitching staff is certainly something that's going to carry them throughout a lot of this season. Uh, to me, they've got a, an incredibly deep pitching staff. And while that was the case in 2021, this year's team has a lot of has front end talent too. Like your Brandon Jordan's Thomas Farr's those guys from a couple of years ago, they were they were decent SEC weekend starting pitchers, but they weren't Will Sanders, they weren't Noah Hall, they weren't they weren't uh, Jack Mahoney. Uh, South Carolina's got three frontline guys in the in the weekend rotation, and and certainly could as well if he threw in a Eli Jerzenbeck or a James Hicks was a weekend starter last year, and he hadn't really even been in the conversation. So there, there's a lot of depth there. Uh, there, I feel like South Carolina's got some great starting options behind. The top three is going to be kind of a matter of, of seeing how things shake out in the bullpen and which which of those guys who really could be starters can re, can develop into those bullpen late inning kind of guys. Either one. John, lots of questions about who the closer is going to be. Does it matter? Uh, eventually, yes. Right now, not really. Um, I think Kate Austin going into this thing is a guy who, if, if South Carolina's up two runs going into the bottom – into the top of the ninth inning today, I, I think Kate Austin probably comes out and gets the ball. He he did it uh, last year coming out of the bullpen and, and was very successful, not necessarily in a closer type situation. But, you know, I think he could be the guy, either him or Matthew Becker. Both of those guys have late game credentials from last year. But that's going to evolve over time. Like uh, Austin's a bullpen guy, but Becker is, is a guy who they've been looking at as a starter. Eli Jerzenbeck's a guy they've been looking at as a starter. Uh, James Hicks. Um, I, I'm, I know I'm leaving a guy or, or, or two out from, from there too, but you know, those guys are not necessarily ninth inning closer type guys, but they are, they could be, uh, in, in time. And, and I really like Eli Jerzenbeck back there. He might be a midweek starter. He might be a closer. I don't know yet, but that's, that's going to evolve over the course of the season. You got to figure it out at some point. You got to have that, that late game guy who you really trust to go out there and get it. You don't really need to know that right now. You've got enough talented arms to be able to figure it out and put it together. John Whittle, I, and again, I said this, and I, I mean it. I've told you this before. I think you're the best that covers Carolina baseball. Um, John, uh, the 
the the beginning of the season, I'd say through at least the first three weeks or so, uh, doesn't there are there are some series in there that um, have kind of, actually it kind of reverts back to what it used to be. You know, Coach Tanner was big on getting a bunch of wins early in the year in his tenure at South Carolina, and and Coach Holbrook carried some of that too. It is sexy to have nice matchups and these neat tournaments they got going on in Texas and. Uh, actually scheduling Texas like Coach Kingston did and, and so on and so forth across the country. I know TCU and Arkansas play tomorrow in one of those tournaments out there. So it is sexy and nice to see that. But for a program that's trying to get itself back to where it rightfully belongs, which is on top of the sport, um, you know, kind of easing into things may be the best approach. And that certainly looks like what's what they're doing this year. So with all that said, my question to you is what do you ex- actually expect to see from this team? Because it seems like they have four or five positions, maybe more, that I'm not going to really say are up in the air, but they have multiple options, and they just kind of need to see it and feel it out there once we're, once live bullets are coming. So what do you expect this weekend and then beyond to look like here in February as they kind of try to figure themselves out? Yeah, you've got eight games in, in 10 days to, to start this thing, and that's a lot. So you're going you're gonna to be rotating – a few guys there are some guys you want to look at in, in different spots you know pitchers as well you know pitch counts aren't aren't you know where they are right now for for uh in terms of where they might be in say mid-march or april um so you're going to be getting a lot of guys work but you're you're, you're kind of trying to get a feel for for how guys are, are going to react a little bit under the lights now that wasn't a ray tanner philosophy you know ray tanner when when he was going into the season like preseason practice was to figure out who who were going to be my starters. And then once game one got here, those were my guys. And I was riding them for, for quite a while before, before, um, you know, considering making any changes. That was his philosophy. Mark Kingston is, is not that way. And, and most college baseball coaches aren't that way. They're, they're going to want to check out matchups. They have a lot more data to work with and they're going to, they're going to look at matchups and, and, and batting practice on the day of and what and whatever else and, and make decisions, you know, ba- based on that. And, and I expect that to be the case uh, for, for the first couple of weeks now. And, and that Clemson series, that third weekend is obviously extremely important. I, I think they want to get a feel for who their best guys are going into that weekend and, and put them in those roles and, and have them in those, in those key spots. And then after that weekend, you, you kind of reset a little bit. You you evaluate. You got five five more games before the start of conference play, and and be ready to roll then. So you know your your point on the schedule is true. Uh, UMass Lowell brings back a few guys, but you know they they weren't a great team despite they were sub five hundred last year. Uh, UPenn was I believe fifty six in the RPI, so and predicted to finish second I believe in the Ivy this year. So they've got they've got a little something to them, but you know just in terms of of the schedule, it's not the most certainly not the most difficult. All right, real quick, uh, we got about a minute uh, or 30 seconds, actually. Two quick questions from the Nana Sports Chat Box, the award-winning Nana Sports Chat Box from Clint. <laughs> uh, he says, do you have a true cleanup guy? Would that be Cassis, Gavin Cassis right now? It, it would be right now, for, for sure. Um, he, he's, he isn't riding a real hot streak going into this. Uh, he, he's got a few walks, but he, he had a great fall, five home runs, uh, above 300 batting average. He was great in the fall. Hopefully he can get close to close to that, but he's a cleanup guy right now. And uh, Braswell, does he get more innings pitching uh, if he doesn't get a lot of PT otherwise? If this were last year's pitching staff, yes. Uh, but this year's pitching staff, he's 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 not there. He he's, he hasn't thrown bullpens or anything like that. He's he's not up to to that caliber. Um, he's he's uh, got some work to do to get back in the lineup. It wouldn't surprise 
need for him to get a start at third base potentially in one of these first eight games, but he, he's got some work to do to get back in there. One of the things I'm going to be keeping my eye on this weekend, John, is they do have two guys that combined for 83 stolen bases last year. UMass Lowell does, the Gallagher kid and the Humphrey kid. I think he was 46 of 47. That wasn't against the SEC, there's no doubt, but Carolina does have a couple of guys who are developing as catchers behind the plate in Cole Messina and Talmadge Lecroy. And um, and and so if these dudes get on, they're going to move. And I, and I want to see what it looks like trying to throw them out because you sure, certainly don't want uh, the book to be on you that um, – well, they can't throw runners out. So we'll see what, how the staff holds them. We'll see how those guys back there. Um, well, a pitching coach well. will tell you you can't steal first base. So keep, keep them yeah, off well, and, <laughs> and they can't steal. But you, you're right. Break, breaking in two new catchers this year in Thomas Corey, Cole Messina. Uh, they weren't incredibly successful throwing out guys uh, in scrimmages. Cole was a little bit better. Uh, but that's certainly going to be a point of emphasis this week, that and, and, and pitchers holding runners. One of my points of emphasis is to follow you and see what you're writing uh, as Carolina hopefully opens the season 3-0. and uh, You're the best, man. You're the best. Thanks for what you do. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Mm-hmm. JC, we, we acted like we don't know him, especially you. Y'all are – I've worked with John Little for, gosh, it's 2023 already? Yeah, a long time. <laughs> 15 years, 15 years covering baseball uh, for Big, yeah. the Big Spur. Uh, and, he, of course, he he's kind of my manager. He runs the whole thing. For yeah. He covers everything. So he's, he does he's a lot of uh, stuff. proud of that guy. Great human being, too. So. Yes, he is. There's no doubt. All right, we'll hit a timeout. Clint, we see you. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> sweet, sweet at Floor Field. <laughs> he got a sweet ticket for the Clemson oh, game at Floor nice. Field. I'd say that's pretty sweet. All right. You know what else is pretty sweet? The way that Drew Meyer played defense. He'll join us when we return. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh, easy. He's got a tire by the tail, he has. He better hang on, too. People have spoken. Nana's Porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper Public Poll. Also, their pimento cheese mm, took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern Cuisine, with an uptown twist. We're well into the new year, and the days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks. Cock Nation, do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. 
save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it, let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Another long ball. It is gone. Andrew Eister is going to walk it off. A no-doubter for Disher. Three-run shot by Christian Walker with two outs. And South Carolina wins. And there's Cullen. Over the head. Over the head of the center fielder. The Gamecocks have won this game. Eleven thirty nine on opening day, February the 17th, as the rain kind of eases its way through the state of South Carolina. But nonetheless, they will play baseball finally, as we've been waiting. That's generally what happens in that right Drew Meyer on opening day. It's either rain or it's cold. It's never sunny in 75, at least not in the Palmetto State. You know all about opening day. And in my opinion, maybe the greatest shortstop to ever, ever walk on the field at the University of South Carolina joins us for a few minutes uh now what's up man oh just getting ready you know it's hard to believe it's uh, opening day already it's uh i'm with you the cold weather the rain i i hated that stuff i, I needed like 95 <laughs> degrees where everybody's miserable in the stands and sticking to the seats that's that's the best baseball weather yeah that's right yeah <laughs> baseball weather. and back then when you played you couldn't just walk up and grab a beer like you can now uh, these days, it's a little more pleasurable to go to go watch a game. I was just talking to a buddy about that uh, Joe Rowley Park. I think Seaweed's going on this week, too. He said, you need to be crowded down there at uh, Joe Rowley Park trying to get to the Citadel game. I said, I don't know, but once you get in there, at least you can have a beer. <laughs> That's true. We're going to go down on Sunday if, uh, if you're going or if you want to go. Got a lot going on, but we shall see. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that sounds good. All right, Drew. Well, um, first and foremost, before we get to the Gamecocks, uh, I was talking to you yesterday, and I wanted to make sure that we – that we get this in because you know now you're coaching your son Hudson now in baseball. He is a oh wait a second, Drew. Twenty three. Let's see, a twenty thirty prospect. He's already on the radar. You've already <laughs> talked to Monty about him, right? I don't even know what is that what he would be a twenty thirty. I have no idea what class that would be. Twenty thirty one, maybe. Oh, yeah, right now he's in fourth grade trying to learn some social studies. So oh. focus on that part right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you are you are coaching him now. Um, you have coached, of course, since you played, and uh, you were on staff at South Carolina. Um, so, so what's that like, man? What's it like going from coaching college baseball players to coaching nine and ten year olds? You know, I try to take the same approach. Uh, we've got a team here in Charleston, Charleston Blue Claws. I'm actually at our, our field here in West Ashley. We're, we kind of renovated a field, uh, Ashley Baptist Church off Savannah Highway. And, um, you know, it's an 11U team. And I try to take the same approach. I run the practices exactly how we ran them in South Carolina with uh, the BP structure and the team defense structure, a lot of reps. I mean, that's, that's one thing that, that I took out of college baseball and playing for Ray Tanner and Coach Lake and Toman and Myers and those guys is, you know, there's there's a lot of so-called experts out there that, that think they know how to teach how to hit and all the technical stuff. But at the end of the day, you just got to get in the batter's box and do it over and over and over again. And as a player, 
I think you start to figure out what your swing is and what works. It's kind of like a golfer going to the range for a couple hours every day and, and swinging until he finds it. So um, I just try to give these kids as many reps as possible. And uh, when it gets to game, it's really that's that I tell them that we're going to practice hard, very hard. But if you practice hard, it makes the games easy. You just go out there and show off all your hard work. And so um, I think about these players today on opening day, and that's what they've done. They've been really probably been ready to get out back out there since the end of last season, not making the regionals and and uh, gone through fall ball and now some some um, preseason in the spring. Um, these guys are just ready to get out there and, and play some games that matter. Drew, uh, Braylon Wimmer apparently did not make an error all of the preseason. Uh, shortstop, as you know, is, is a very challenging spot on the field. Uh, you know, kind of talk about uh, the defensive aspect of playing that position and uh, sort of the focus it takes to, to get on a, ro- a roll like that. I know you're really good defensively as well as at the plate, but uh, just can, and, and a rifle arm, as someone said here, I remember that too. Uh, so just uh, kind of take us through that position and, and what's going through Braylon's mind right now getting ready for this opening day at such a critical spot. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, like I said, he's got his reps in, and you can get as many reps off the fungo as you, as you want. But I think the big key for me was taking balls live off the bat in batting practice. You just can't simulate those same type of balls. And then really once you get in the game situation, you know, pre-pitch you'll have, you know, your positioning of where you want. But you really got to pay attention to each hitter and their types of swings. And then you got to know your pitcher. And is he a sinker ball guy? But you, you kind of got to – you got to forecast what kind of ground ball you're actually going to get. Is this going to be a two Oh pitch where he's going to hit a missile at me uh, as a big righty, or is it a lefty down Oh two? And he might just be trying to slap something and you might have to come get something um, and, and try to try to cut that distance down. So I think uh, in between each pitch is, is where the shortstops make their money of, of trying to figure out what's going to happen on that play and, and being prepared, and, you know, for him, um, you know, playing on the other side of the bag last year, you know, it'll be a little bit quicker. Uh, you know, you, you don't have as much time to, to kind of sit back and play the right hop at shortstop. You kind of got to go force the action. And um, obviously, at the end of the day, you got to have the arm to, to, to hit the first baseman in the chest. So it's it's I think it's uh, it'll get comfortable more and more as the season goes on as, and the more games game action he gets. But I'm looking forward to see what he can do. A USC Athletic Hall of Famer, 120, 120. Hits in the 2002 season. That's a single season record that ain't going to get broken ever. Uh, third all time in hits at South Carolina with 285, a first round draft pick of the Rangers, and a, an All American twice, a freshman All American uh, as well at South Carolina. Drew Meyer, did, what's the worst ass chewing you ever got from Coach Tanner? In Alabama, um, we had a Thursday night practice, uh, and you know, we have to get out there and, and there had some rain coming. So we were in charge of rolling Alabama's tarp out. Well, quite honestly, as the starters, I didn't really do that kind of stuff anyway, even at home. Those are for the, as coach Tanner called them, the scrubinis. And so anyway, so we were kind of out there kind of helping out and I had your own Peters on my right and, and Garris Gons on my left. And as the tarp starts rolling out, I kind of got both hands and kind of pushed, pushed them in the back to kind of push them up on the tarp as it was rolling. Well, Mr. Gons decides he wants to be a clown and, and he'll, he'll, he'll negate this story, but this is what happened. And he, he ends up kind of getting his chest up on it and, and kind of surfing it on his chest, kind of riding it as it's rolling. Well, it got going too fast. He takes a tumble over it and lands on his shoulder. And, um, 
ends up, I think he separated his shoulder. He was definitely out that weekend. He was leading the SEC in hitting. We're on the road, and uh, he's hurt. And uh, Coach Tanner, everybody gets off the bus, and he keeps me on there, and he just lets me have it. It was pretty bad. <laughs> And then he says, we have to go to Gonz's room and I have to apologize. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, Gonz is going to freaking kill me. So I'm like, you got to go with me. I'm not going there alone. So I like, oh, I'm sorry. So um, he was out for a couple few weeks, which, which is not good for our team. But uh, I actually mm-hmm. played golf with him yesterday. And, uh, and we, 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 we still do not see eye to eye on that story. He said, I pushed him all the way on and it was all my fault. But uh I just called it, you know, he was a catcher transformed into an outfielder. And what I'm trying to tell him is he's not an athlete. He, you know, he might be able to hit and lift some weights, but uh, apparently he wow. can't bottom surf on the tarp. Yeah, but, <laughs> wow. dude, he hits a damn golf ball a country mile, though. Yes, he I does. Mean, uh, it's kind of hard golfing with him sometimes because, you know, you, a lot of times you just start emulating somebody else's swing and you start swinging harder and you realize, look, I, I just can't hit it 300 yards like you do. But I do also tell him, you know, at least you're playing golf the same side that you played baseball with. I was a lefty hitter in baseball, but I golf righty. So that's my excuse for not being able to keep up with them. Dude, who, who, who hit it further, him or your own? That's tough. Oh, I don't know. They could really get into some baseballs. You know, at the old Sarge Fry, we had that softball field out and left. So really once it left our wall, we never really, really got to see where it landed, but uh, it'd been interesting taking, taking BP and, and Founders Park and seeing how high up in the bleachers they could hit. But uh, oh my God, yeah, we, we could put on a show. In fact, when we played Miami in the super regionals in 2002, they had a starter named Kiki Bangachea and he was the sixth, fifth or sixth round pick with the Rangers that year, the same year I got drafted. And he later told me we were roommates in pro ball um, on a Thursday night when they do all the media stuff and they, uh, the press conferences. Coach Tanner purposely has group four just hit bombs just to, just to scare the other team. He said they were stretching on the softball team and having to avoid ball after ball leaving the baseball <laughs> field. And then he had to walk through the concourse and was watching the action. And he straight up told me, he said, I knew we were going to get crushed before we even took the field he's like i've never seen anything like that so um you know there's some mind games going on in bp with coach tanner and how he used to just throw the donkeys in group four and, and throw them right down the middle and say hit it as far as you can so it's hard to say who could hit it farther between guns and your own they could sure crush the ball well i know this that ball that you hit here at riley park that ricocheted off the light pole in right field was probably as far or would have been as far as any of the balls they hit because it was still leaving the yard when it yeah. bounced back into it that ball was hammered yeah, that was a lot um, of frustration. I think I was like 0 for 15 or 17 or something at that point to start my freshman year. And I'm Coach Tanner's probably going, oh, no. But he actually, before that game, I was hitting ninth in the lineup leading up to that. And for whatever reason, he wanted to shake things up, and he put me in the two-hole for that game. And I ended up getting that first hit and kind of really picked it up the rest of the way. I think I hit like 320 to finish the season. So um, I got to get props to Coach Tanner. I don't know why in the world he'd put a guy, a freshman that can't hit out of a wet paper bag and move them up in the two hole. But uh, luckily for me, it worked out. Yeah, it kind of worked out. You, you only had 285 of them in South Carolina before you went into uh, into pro ball. Well, Drew, we'll let you run. We got Scott Wingo waiting in the wings here, and we all know he's got a game to coach today. But uh, quick final word to Gamecock fans, and what would you say to the, the team if you could address them before they ran out on the field today, especially the guys who've never put that uniform on? Go full speed, man. Beat the crap out of everybody you play. I mean, you know, that was, that was, we played and we played these early season games, had some stats, steal some bases, like get those numbers up and, and beat some teams 15 to nothing. Because what that does is it enables those bench guys maybe that aren't starters 
it lets you empty out that dugout and lets everybody in on the action and fun. And that really gets the locker room rocking and then everybody's enjoying it as opposed to a two, one little close game where everybody's on edge and, and guys don't get as much action. I think, I think you, you just, you push it to the limit and you, you score as many runs as you possibly can. Don't let up. Love that advice. JC, you hear that push the, put the pedal to the metal, man. <laughs> Love it. So that's what this, this program's all about, man. That's what this program's yeah. all about. Always good to catch up with you, bud. Thanks for everything. I know you'll be pulling the Gamecocks through this weekend and all season. We'll get you back on here pretty soon, okay? Awesome, guys. I appreciate it. Y'all doing a great job. Thanks, man. There you Thanks. go, Drew Thanks, Meyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, former first-rounder and All-American at South Carolina. We we don't have to take a break, right, Phil? No, We're we can go, go okay, right yeah. on into Coach We're Wingo. Roll- Let's bring him in. Well, what Coach I- Coach, Wingo. I know. I, hey, you know, give the man his due. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Give him, even though we can't due. see him. Yeah, he's probably got to cut his. Uh, Scotty, cut your camera on, and th- we can hear you. Just cut your camera on. Scott Wingo is a two-time national champion, a second all-time in games played at South Carolina with two hundred and fifty-four of those, just one behind Michael Campbell's two fifty-five. He was an eleventh-round draft pick at the Dodgers. The team captain in 2011, All-SEC first team, the most outstanding player in the 2011 College World Series. And the one Still thing not working? Every... No, it's not working. Take huh. the phone out of your pocket, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I don't see you in there. Oh, we're on We're on the uh, We're on the Dell here until oh, well. 17. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you and you and Monty, we had Monty. Monty couldn't figure this out the other day either. What, what the hell is wrong with y'all? This I'm I'm rocking my Ryan here. Fisher shirt and, and all too. So I was gonna, I was fired up to show you guys the shirt, everything. Well, we want to see that. If Phil, is it on our end, maybe? No, it. Uh, yeah, everything looks good on my end. Unfortunately, I wish I could fix it. So the yeah, there's got to be something, Scotty. We uh, maybe you're. Um, oh, you know what? Maybe you're – do you have a virtual background on or something? No, probably not. Piece of tape can, over the camera. Can Can you try to log in from your phone? <laughs> Piece of tape over the camera, that's pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can you pull up your email on your phone? Yeah, I can do that right now. Why don't you do that and log back in? We'll get you in. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get extend, you back in. We'll extend you It'll a couple minutes. We got, we got okay. some time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're yeah. Do, Pull it up on your phone, and, and we'll get you right back in here. The one thing I was, I was going to say this, JC, and I think I already saw it in the – in the chat box was um, Scott Wingo was hit by 63 pitches at South Carolina. Just like I talked about with, with Drew talking about beating the crap out of people and going full speed. That's another thing about this program when it was great. I mean, you can, you can count on South Carolina almost to the point it annoyed other teams, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, yeah. uh, that was a trademark of Tanner's teams and really some of Holbrook's teams too early on. I'm thinking of the 2013 team in, in particular. You know, they you couldn't, you know, you don't throw them inside and try to brush them off the plate. They're just going to stand there. They're yeah. just going to stand there. I mean, and uh, uh, Whit Merrifield was really good at that. Um, yeah, Phil, somebody mentioned Phil Disher in the chat box. <laughs> Phil Disher just bounced off his arm. I mean, it, it didn't. It is. Boom! Ah, that's all right, man. Uh, even guys like Drew and Reese, uh, Justin Smoke, are really good at, at getting hit by pitches and getting on base. Well, it's about finding a way. That's what Carolina baseball, when it's been great, has been about find a dang way. 
or a damn yeah. way. Find a damn way. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, that's, that's kind of my saying, find a damn way. So that's, uh, I got that shirt on today. So um, that, that's what Carolina baseball is all about. Well, I, I don't want to speak speak for Justin, but but I will. Um, <laughs> I can tell you that when he got hit by pitches, he was not happy. Uh, he wanted to hit. He was not one of those guys at all, ever in his career, even in the big leagues, that was like, okay, well, I got on base. That's what matters. No, that's not what he cared about. He wanted to be able to swing the bat, and if you hit him, he was going to be pissed. Um, I, shoot, I remember in Clemson when uh, one of his best friends, Matt Vaughn, almost hit him. He stared him down, and then the next pitch, hit over the freaking batting cages in right field. So, um, you know, that's uh, – and, th- you know, this guy had some pop too, but he also got popped a lot, Scotty. We were mentioning 63 HPPs in your career, which is just amazing. But now you're as uh, – would you say, Phil, Coach Wingo? That still doesn't yeah, make sense Coach to me. Wingo. I, it, uh, yeah, I love – I love that shirt. God bless and rest hey, in I peace, Ryan it, Fisher. No doubt. Yeah. Yes, sir. One of the coolest dudes on the planet, man. One of the best people you ever you'll ever meet. He was just what South Carolina is. I mean, I, I got to my freshman year. I came in, and he um, he was a manager helping Kyle Lipsy and, uh, and just took this program and, and, and ran with it. He was here until he passed away. But, um, you know, I thought opening day, I, I don't think it was a better way to, to wear Ryan's shirt and just let everybody know that he's still in our – in my thoughts and prayers and his whole family needs to know that he's um, – He'll always be, he he'll always be here in spirit for sure. Boy, there's no doubt about that. Uh, just one of the nicest, kindest guys you could ever want to be around ever. Uh, and yeah. he 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 knew it all too, Scotty. He he could tell you every. He 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 was kind of a little bit like Coach Spurrier, you know. He, yeah. He could remember everything, uh, and that uh, was pretty cool. All right, man. Well, um, so. What's this like for you? I mean, you're 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 now you're soon to be hopefully paid, Scott Wingo. God, the that gum rules that they've screwed up for so long. They're they're trying to fix this. So I hope hope that all works out for everybody. But everybody I've talked to is like, man, Wingo's a hell of a coach, man. He's a hell of a coach. I've known you a long time. What's that? What's it like getting these guys ready to go? I know you want to run out there and play. So what's it like? Well, it's exciting. I mean, shoot, as a as a player. It's it's uh it's 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 a little different, you know. As a coach, you just hopefully you you've got your guys prepared, um, and you believe that. So you kind of you kind of take the same approach as a player. Like if you go into this, you know, thinking, you know, worrying about like like a job. Look, you just gotta say, hey, my guys are ready to roll, and we've worked our tail off. You you believe what you've been doing, and it's it's go time. So. I, it's exciting time. Um, I'm excited for it. Yeah, hopefully this this July I can um, start getting out on the road recruiting for for the Gamecocks. So I'm uh, I'm excited about it. What's it been like uh, with, with Coach Lee uh, coming back in the fold? We actually talked to him last week, and uh, you know, what do you think he brings to the table? I'm sure you guys have known each other for a long, long time. Uh, you know, just like right everybody else, Carolina baseball wise. Oh yeah, Coach Lee. You know he coached coached me in two thousand and eight uh, before he went to College of Charleston. But it's been uh, it's been awesome to get to to work with him again, and or at least be around him. He's one of the best. Um, you know he he just he kind of brings me back to 08. Sometimes we talk about Coach Tanner, talk about fun stories, talk about just everything. Um, some days in the locker room, so definitely great to have him back. And like I said, he's one of the 
He's one of the best. Scotty, you say, you say that word, one of the best. Think about this for a second, man. I mean, just where you are, you know, Kingston is a brilliant baseball mind. Coach Tanner's in your hip pocket. Stuart Lake's in your hip pocket. Monty Lee is in your hip pocket. JP is probably one of the best up-and-coming pitching coaches in the country. I hope they can keep him. I mean, you got all these dudes, not to mention everybody else you know out there, like Link Jarrett when you were coaching with him at, at Notre Dame and, and on and on and on. You know coaches all over the country. But literally, you could walk into any of those offices right in Columbia and talk baseball. How has that helped you become a better coach? You're right. You're exactly right. I think it's just, you know, being around being around some great great coaches, but more more importantly, I feel like some some great people, you know, and I think yeah. that just my time my time with them, getting to just hopefully just marinating some stuff and, and learn from them and just uh, take away, you know, took away a lot of took away a lot of things from Coach Tanner. Um, you know, a lot of things from Link Jarrett. Um and just so forth and down down the line, you know. And Coach Kingston, Monty, Justin Parker, like you're right, those some great coaches here. Um, and Stuart Lake, I, I love talking to Coach Lake. He texts yeah. me, he texts me and some uh, me and the guys this morning. Good luck. Um, but it's always it's always awesome to just talk to him. You know, he knows the game just just good as anybody, and uh, he's one of the good ones. But um, yeah, just fortunate to be be a part of you know, some coaches that helped me grow along the way. And um, I look forward to continuing to to grow and develop players going forward. I, I owe Coach Holbrook an apology because he's not far away from me as well. And he's one of the great baseball minds out there right here at the College of Charleston. Yeah, we so, so yeah, coach. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we only got like a minute left with you, Scotty. Do, do you – how do you coach and teach second baseman? Like, do you did you see a guy out there booger one up? What do you go out and do? I mean, how did you learn? How how do you relay that to him? And and do you like where they are this year in the middle infield? I do, I do. Braylon Wimmer is moving from second to short. Mm-hmm. He's about six foot five, so there's going to be plays right at him that you know he 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 does things a little bit unorthodox, but okay. his range, Jamie, you're gonna see some plays this year that you're like, what was that? Like, and his arms gotten better. We, you know, he's been working his tail off, and it's like he's just opened up and it's kind of freed him up. Because anyone. Uh oh. Yep. We're back. Audio. Did we lose the audio? Yep. We did. Yeah. We lost Can't the audio. Can't hear you, Scotty. Mm. Yeah. Ah, that's all right. Oh man, yeah, we lost we lost his audio. Okay, well, we can add. Can you hear us, Scotty? I don't think no. he can hear us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's cool. It's okay. We'll blow him a kiss and we'll we'll wave goodbye to him and we'll we'll thank him for his time. Uh, I was now. digging that answer too. I was like, I know, man. Good, I, yeah, because Wimmer, was a- <laughs> Braylon Wimmer answered. I know. Unfortunately, oh yeah. Oh. All right. Well, we're out of time in hour one. Thanks to Scott Wingo, Drew Meyer, John Whittle, and Blake Cooper. Coming up next, a tip of the cap to Gamecock Baseball, and then we're joined by Justin Smoke, Kip Bautnight, and Matt 
Campbell as we continue to roll along on opening day right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me. JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The sideline is picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Chicken's got some racial spurs, spurs, spurs. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the coop, star of the show. Your rooster who's born to crow. Well, I bet you wonder when, when you win or lost a step or two. Fell down the pen. Home. That is a word that has taken flight recently, with college programs all across the country using it. But is it really? To some, it's a hype word to excite those who follow on social media, to inspire those who need inspiration, to energize those who need energizing. To others, it is home, and Columbia, South Carolina is the home of one of the greatest and proudest college baseball programs in the history of college baseball. It always will be. This is a Gamecock state. While others have proud programs, successful programs, and great, great people and leaders, the University of South Carolina sets the bar of which college baseball in this state is judged. That won't change. This year, it's time. It's time to turn the page. It's time to dig deep. It's time to return to glory. The pitch. Swing and a drive. Deep right field toward the scoreboard. It clears it. Another long ball. Five consecutive home runs for Carroll. 
Founders Park have been the backdrop for many of the greatest moments in Carolina's athletic history. Although Gamecock baseball has left its spurs and diamonds all across America, I guess you could call that homes away from home. 2023 brings an old son home in Monty Lee. It welcomes its newest version of Gamecocks, who honorably get to don the garnet and black. And it does what it always does, reunites the family that gazes in jealousy and pride from outside the white lines, the greatest fans in college baseball. So, ask yourself this question. What will you say when someone asks you this spring and summer if you have any plans? I know my answer, just spending a lot of time with my family at home. You know, where the Gamecocks play. Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody, presented to you by Express Sunrooms. We are glad to announce now that joining us on the McKellar Enterprises guest line, some of you may represent this or recognize this guy as the home run king of South Carolina baseball, former first rounder, Justin Smoke. Morning, Justin. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Doing well, sir. Doing well. What's up? What's up, Jamie? You got a tea time? <laughs> it is opening day at South Carolina. Justin Smoke hit 63 dingers, and if he would have stayed a fourth year, probably would have hit upwards of 100 uh, amongst many of the records that he holds. Probably the greatest first baseman to ever play there, certainly. Uh, and uh, we're glad to have him, man. What do you um, – first of all, you're, you're pretty much retired now and, and back home here in the low country. I know that uh, there's probably a lot of people that haven't – seen you play in a long time and i'm sure they would uh 
they would like to hear from from you from a retirement standpoint, you know, spending as much time as you did in the big leagues and, and being home, um, you know, what would you say to South Carolina fans right now that used to watch you play year after year at the Sarge? Uh, I think more than anything, it's good to be home. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, being on the road for however long, I guess, even college and stuff like that. I mean, it, a good 15 or so years so to, just to be home and you know with young kids now and family it's nice to be able to see them grow up and be around them more and um sometimes i think that playing baseball was an easier job than taking care of kids <laughs> but uh yeah. but yeah. uh but yeah no, it's been fun i mean it's it's good to be home and you know hopefully one day i can Sometime in the future, I don't know when, but get back out there and, and, and help some kids out as well. How, how would you uh, – I mean, I know you've taken BP at Founders. Obviously, you hit a lot, of the ball, a lot of balls out of the yard at the Sarge. Would you rather hit in Founders Park or at the Sarge? I mean, Founders Park. I mean, it – Coach Tan built that stadium the right way. He, he knew the ball flew out to right center field, and so <laughs> – <laughs> The times that I've been there, it's, uh, yeah, probably for sure Founders Park. But at the same time, I mean, you can't beat the Sarge. I mean, the Sarge was was awesome to play in. I felt like maybe a hair different from Founders Park just because I feel like the fans are more on top of you at the Sarge. Uh, You know, you kind of heard the smack talking a little more at the Sarge probably than you might hear at Founders Park. But, um you know, and that's something that fueled me as a player. I, I love to talk and I love to, you know, kind of got me going a little bit. So, but, but yeah, I mean, they, they've done a great job of that. Before, but they've done a great job. Smoke, your, your freshman year was, uh, was 2006 and your junior year was 2008. Uh, we, you grow a lot as a college baseball player, clearly, as, as you well know. What do you remember about your first opening day experience? And then how would you compare that to the last opening day that you trotted out there? I think first opening day, it's just, it's more like anxious, not really nervous. It's just more anxious. I mean, you're ready to get going. You're a young guy. You're playing with a lot of older guys and, I think it helped us out as a group just because we had a we had a good young freshman group that came in the year that I came in with Reese and Darnell and Cisco. Yep. I guess Cisco too. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, we had a we, we had a great group. So it was it, you know all of us were playing. You know, it wasn't like we were sitting the bench. So it was kind of easier to get going that way. But I say, I mean the freshman year. It's more anxious nerves, and then I'd say your junior year, it's more of, you know, you're thinking about the game more than you're thinking about, oh, what's this going to be, you know, what's it going to be like? Did you ever have, I mean, I don't remember any of this, but as a freshman, did you ever have upperclassmen who kind of gave you a hard time, or did that not happen to you? Um, Not really. I mean, like I said, I think it helped that I was – an everyday player to where like they wanted you to be, you know, they wanted you to do well because they knew the team would do well. (laughs) And so 
I think that helped. Now, you know, say I wasn't an everyday player and say I, you know, was trying to figure things out and I probably would have caught a lot more slack. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I know when I was a junior, say it's just whatever, and a new guy came in, I didn't care if you played every day or if you didn't, I was going to give you some, I was going to give you some crap. <laughs> <laughs> But that, but that's just how I was brought up. But at the same time, I mean, it, you know, I, I, I never really had one guy that was just, you know, that that was kind of that way to me. Yeah, we have a couple of those guys on the program today that you know well, Scott Wingo and Blake Cooper. They often tell stories, at least to me, behind the scenes about the, the smokes of the world when they were young guys and how they were treated. But what's funny is, yeah, you gave them a bunch of you know what, but you always treated them with respect because they were good players and they were your teammates. Um the, last year, South Carolina had a ton of young guys playing, and and now those guys this year are going to take on a bigger role as as far as being sophomores. Some of the transfers last year that weren't used to the spotlight of of Columbia, South Carolina, they're they're back in the thick of it again this year. How what did you learn your freshman year? Because I, I I know when when you when you started playing, while you were still one of the best players, best hitters on the team. You know, there were times where you where you struggled a little bit. It's an adjustment getting into the college game at this level. The SEC is the best of the best. So those guys who are moving on from their freshman year to their sophomore year, you know, kind of walk us through what that transition like is like and how they grow up. Yeah, I think I think I did miss one one thing about my freshman year. You're saying somebody that gave me the most crap or whatever was on me the hardest. There was one guy. His name was Ray Tanner. Yeah. And and he was on me. I'm talking daily. I mean, it was one, and and I understood his point. His point to me was, I was taking too many pitches. I was, You're taking too many pitches. <laughs> taking too many pitches. And I'm like, well, you know, I always had a good eye, so I was like, you know, if it's not a good pitch to hit, I'm not going to swing at. But he and he started about halfway through my freshman year, get literally giving me the hit and run sign. We guys on base just to get me to swing the bat. Really? And, and I, I remember there was, there was one time I was hitting left hand at the Sarge and he gave the hit and run. And now of course I never got the hit and run in my life and I'm, I'm pissed off. Right. Like I'm not happy about it. I'm like, what, what, what's going on here? And so I thought I missed the sign, but I was like, I'm swinging. I don't care. And the pitcher threw one probably five, six inches off the plate away. And I hit a double off the wall to left center field. Get back in the dugout after that, and and he said, "See, you can hit that pitch. Swing at it. You can hit it. Look, you hit off the wall." And you know, and for me, that kind of told, all right. I need to be more aggressive and whatever. And I, I was good at laying off like bad pitches in the dirt and stuff like that, but just be more aggressive around the zone because honestly, they weren't going to give me much. And so, you know, if I can get a pitch two, three, four inches off the plate and do something with it, you might as well, you know, take that chance. And so. Um, but back to the other point, I think, you know, young players, you're always a little more relaxed going into your second year. Um, it helped me a lot going to the Cape after my freshman year and doing well in the Cape that I knew going up to the Cape and doing well and playing against the best players in the country, I knew I was, you know, I didn't have to prove anything. I could, I could just go do my work, play my game, and whatever happened, happened. And, you know, that's kind of how I went about my business. 
couple quick ones we'll let you go, man. You mentioned Coach Tanner. What, what's he meant to not just your career but to your life? Um, you know, I'd say – Coach, Coach Tanner was one of the – between him and Monty Lee, top two coaches I've ever had. And yeah. so, you know, Monty being on that staff, Monty was the guy that was more like me to where, like, he could dumb it down. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Tanner was just – you know, he, he wanted – you know, he stayed on you and wanted the most out of everybody. But he wasn't just on me. He was on Reese. He was on Disher. You know, he's on all these guys. I mean, he was on Cisco, like. You know, whatever it was, but he knew that's how he had to get together, and that's how he had to get the best out of him. And from my upbringing, that's how my dad was with me. And so it kind of helped me out. I was kind of used to it, but at the same time, like I knew what he was trying to do, so it didn't like you know some guys would just ball up. You know they they wouldn't know what to do. But that's you know, for me. I was raised kind of the way. Tanner coached, and so I, I kind of knew what he was trying to say. And I knew he wasn't, like, down in me or, hey, you're terrible, da-da-da. You know, he was just trying to be better. And so that's how I, you know, that's how I took his criticism, you know, there as my, I guess, as a freshman. And you still have a good relationship with him today. I, I know that. Monty is back. We'll, we'll end it on this. We talked to Monty earlier this week. Um, Smoke, he's – I know you've talked to him. He, he's fired up to be back in Columbia and in the right colors. As uh, as we kind of – you and I and, and others used to kind of talk about over the last few years, like, man, it's hard to pull for him up there. You know, but you want him to win because it's Monty. But it was hard to watch him in the upstate. It ain't hard anymore. He, he's back where he belongs. W what does this team – getting out of him describe Monty Lee and, and how he impacts a program I think with Monty like you've got a little bit of everything you've got the blue collar guy who grew up in Lugolf the guy that worked his butt off as a player at College of Charleston played in the minor leagues worked his way up as a coach and and so you've got that like blue collar but at the same time like you've got the guy that understands you know, everything else around the game and like how to deal with players. And, and, you know, when you've done what he's done, he worked travel ball when I was younger, he worked, I mean, he, he coached, I mean, he's coached at every level possible. He's played at every level. And so he knows how to relate to players. And that's, that's the hardest thing. And, you know, I haven't been around it much, I guess in the last few years or however long it's been, but, the hardest thing now is relating to players. I feel like because you know you got Instagram, you got Twitter, you get you got you got all this stuff, and that's a lot of these guys. That's all they care about. And so, like, how many whatever? And so he can bring it down, and and he does a great job relating to players. And and you know, so I know he's going to help out. Uh, I, like I said earlier, Coach Tanner and mine are the best coaches I've ever had. And so, you know it. You know, I'm excited he's back, and you know, I hope they get you know get started off on a good good note this weekend. Yeah, well, they're hoping to do that as well. The Gamecocks trying to turn the page this season, the sixth season under Mark Kingston, one of the best players to not just come through the program at South Carolina, but to ever come out of the state of South Carolina. Justin Smokey is a big league all star, holds a ton of records at South Carolina. But as good as a player as you were, you're a, it's certainly I've seen it with my own two eyes, a better husband and a 
even better dad. I know those kids love you dearly. Thanks, man. I uh, hope you hope you hit them well today, and uh, we'll see you soon. Always hit them well. <laughs> See ya. Thanks, Justin. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Fresh and All-American, Nicky Thompson chases it at the wall. It's gone! It's going to be out of here! To the warning track, leaps and makes the catch. That ball is way back. That ball is way back. That ball is way gone. And you can put spurs on this one. How about another proud boy of summer? Wingle in his yard cost. I said, how about another and another? Really excited about that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I texted the two of you yesterday. I had more fun making that bumper there than probably anyone I've ever done before, simply because I was rummaging through Wingo stuff, and I said, wait a second. I think I know what to do with this. <laughs> oh, man. Hope everybody enjoyed Justin Smoke, uh, who's uh, one of the great people and certainly one of the great players ever uh, to come through South Carolina. My next project with him is getting him on an Aventon electric bike from Electric Bikes of Charleston. I got a feeling if he knew that uh, I was going to try to do that, he would kick my ass, but that's okay. Electricbikescharleston.com here in the low country. But they service and sell to the entire state. They are low country. They are in the low country, but they are Gamecock owned and operated. Magnum, Velotric, as I mentioned, the Aventons, they can go up to 28 miles per hour and on pedal assist mode. How does 60 miles sound? Pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, but you don't have to stay in pedal assist. Of course, you can ride it like a bike, and you can only get it at Electric Bikes Charleston. Electric Bikes of Charleston, Electric Bikes Charleston. Dot com. They come from all over. We hope that you will, too. As the weather warms up, get out and ride a bike. And if you're in Columbia, ride one down to Founders Park, where the Gamecocks will throw the first pitch today at 4 p.m. against UMass Lowell. This guy threw a lot of pitches at South Carolina because he had 57 decisions while he was there. Of those 57 decisions, 45 were wins. That's a school record. His name is Kip Faultnight, the former Golden Spikes Award winner. He'll call the game tonight on TV for South Carolina, 17-1 and in 2000. It's also a school record, 17 wins. Neither one of those records are ever getting broken, Kip. You tied Earl Bass for that one. And then let's see, what else here? How much time do we have? 2000 Golden Spikes Award winner, USC Athletics Hall of Fame, two-time All-American, 2000 SEC Player of the Year, 2001 13th-round draft pick, and a partridge in a pear tree. What's up, man? All right. How y'all doing? <laughs> well, I, I mean, you know, if we could, um, if I uh, if I could swap seats with somebody, it'd be you, because you're going to be in the press box tonight calling the game on TV. I'm, I'm sure you're fired up to see this pitching staff, knowing that you were one. Yeah, I am. I'm really excited. You know, opening day is always an exciting time, and um, I was able to, to start on opening day three years for the Gamecocks, and while I did my freshman year, I was able to, you know, end up being the Friday night starter. I don't know, about three or four weeks into the season. But Tiger's back. He's playing. Uh, he's obviously one of my all-time favorites and love watching Tiger Woods and uh, seeing him compete and his relentlessness of, of just being uh, of grinding it out. So I'm really looking forward to this pitching staff. I, you know, on paper, it looks really, really good, guys. Uh, but – as y'all know, on paper, doesn't necessarily always uh, give you the results that you want. But, um, uh, you know, I, I think this is a staff that, you know, it, if I was on staff, I would definitely challenge them to we, – we need to roll right now. We, we need to, you know, have about four or five shutouts in the first 10, 12 games where, you know, we have complete game shutouts. And just if, if they're as good as – advertised then they need to go out and produce it and do it well the schedule sets up pretty well uh up until the clemson series uh to get that done and, and you know, talking to drew meyer earlier kip it, he, he mentioned that too that mentality of you know when, when you guys were around uh y'all go out and just beat the tar out of people um you know from a pitching standpoint and a, and a run scoring standpoint how, how does that help 
uh, once you get to SEC play, is it a confidence thing in the sport where, where you know, it's, it's just best to go ahead and go all in rather than kind of peter around? Yeah, it is. I mean, it to me, it's a mindset. It goes back to practices. It's uh, it's the same things I'm telling my nine and eleven year old kids. Both of them actually uh, take hitting lessons from Scott Wingo, and Wingo and I have gotten real tight here over the last couple of years since he's back on staff. And just I just think a, a world of him, and obviously his mentality and I and mine were very very much similar to where uh, you know we would have fun in practice, but we would challenge each other. And that's what the difference, that's what I want to see this team get back to is, is having as much fun in practice and making it really hard and challenging yourselves. Because when the lights get cut on, as you know, um, the talent and all of that's great. The 95, 96 is great, but unless you know how to use it and are able to handle you know, adversity when it comes along and, and all of that. It's just they've got to come together as a group and play winning baseball. And if we're having trouble beating, with all due respect to the teams, just like tonight at 4 o'clock or today at 4 o'clock, UMass Lowell, I know they played for a, a conference championship last year, but in no way, shape, or form should that game ever be in, in, a question. And as a pitcher and as a former pitcher, that's where I would have to challenge myself. Will Sanders should be thinking, okay, I'm going six or seven innings. I'm throwing my 80, 85 pitches, and I'm not giving up a run, you know, and uh, that should be his mindset. And hopefully that's going to be, uh, you know, as a, as a pitcher, you have an opportunity to put a team on your back, and you're not always going to have your best stuff, and that doesn't mean you always throw a shutout. you you got to be able to win one to nothing but you also got to be able to win five to four. And, and those are some concerns I have, uh, you know, for us as South Carolina fans moving forward. Hopefully we can uh, be able to do both of those. You know, yeah, Kip, I, with the injury-ridden season we had last year, you know, having to thrust a lot of these younger guys into action, I guess a little earlier ahead of schedule. How, I mean, how much is that going to play out this year as a positive for them year over year moving forward into this season? Well, you know, the injuries, I, th- I think I'd be lying if I said the injuries did not impact last year, Phil. I mean, they obviously did, um, and, and we are deep right now, and we've got um, – and, and being deep is great, but we've got to establish some roles uh, early. I, I don't think we need to go into the SEC going, oh, well, we got four closers, the guys that we could use. Yeah. I, I, I don't agree with that. I don't like that. I think that, you know, we need to know that when the – the game's on the line and there's an inning or inning and a third left, then this is our guy. We're not going to play matchups. We're going to bring in our guy. So I I think that that needs to be established because I know what it feels like as a pitcher, especially like what Matthew Becker went through last year. He's starting one week. He's in the bullpen. He doesn't know if he's starting on Sunday because he might be using the relief on Friday and Saturday. And, and, and again, that had to happen last year because we didn't have that depth, as you mentioned, Phil, because of the injuries. Now we have it. Now we need to make the decision, go with it, and then make adjustments accordingly. Man, you you hit on some some really good stuff there, and I, I can't agree with you anymore because when you – especially, Kip, you look back to from your tenure uh, onward, and you look at the, the best seasons – that South Carolina had in there. Yes, the Omaha seasons, 
but certainly, you know, some of these years like, you know, the 2000 season, the 2001 season, and so on and so forth, there are others. There was always a, a, a dominant presence at the back end of the bullpen. Now, it was a little unique for you because – Barber could start on Sunday and or close on Friday and start on Sunday. You know, we don't see that anymore, yeah. but, um, but, but it is, but you're, you're dead on there. I, what you are a starting pitcher. So from a mentality standpoint, we mentioned this yesterday and you just mentioned it with Becker, right? So from a, there, there is a whole different ball game going on upstairs when you are training yourself to start. And then when you're training yourself to come out of the pin and, when you're training yourself to be a closer out of the bullpen, can you kind of walk us down that road and just how it's different for different dudes? Cause I know you pitchers, y'all are all weirdos. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> one of the, one of the most valuable things I learned in my tenure at South Carolina uh, was take what the game gives you. You know, Will Sanders doesn't need to go out there thinking today, okay, I'm, I'd like to go six innings and strike out 10 or 12 guys. He may have an umpire today that, is not really giving him much. It may be a day that he needs to throw seven innings, 65 pitches because he's getting guys out or that he's getting contact in the first three pitches of each at bat. The only way as a starter to pitch, that's one of the things that's been frustrating for me over really the last four or five years watching our staff in a whole is we don't really have many starting pitchers that are able to get deep into games because they're running their pitch counts up because they're trying to strike guys out too much. They're afraid of contact. They're not attacking a guy that's hitting 230 in the eight hole and they're, you know, trying to trick him or they're not trusting their, you know, that's, that's the thing I'm thinking if I can trust my stuff against negative five and the bats were a heck of a lot livelier when I was playing than they are now. And these guys are throwing 95, 96, we need to be using the plate early attacking the zone and going right after him and trying to be able to get to that seventh and eighth inning. Now with our bullpen being um, a lot, um, a lot more deep this year, uh, I think it's going to be important for Mark Kingston to, you know, install that in his starting pitchers. Hey, you want to get to the seventh or eighth inning? Well, then you, you got to pitch um, and, and pitch to contact and, and do what you've got to do to get, keep your pitch count low because we got plenty of good arms in the bullpen and, you know, bullpen last year, I mean, I think they had over a six ERA. It was really tough, but going back to, to answer your question, JB, I think it's, it goes back to having roles. You have to know when you get to the ballpark, I mean, we had guys, you know, that, that knew what their role was. They knew that, Hey, I'm the long guy in the second or third inning. I'm going to go ahead and roll down to the bullpen. I'm going to start getting my mind right because if Kip gets in trouble or somebody gets in trouble, I may be coming into the fifth. They need to know that. Well, then if you're a back end of the bullpen guy and and your starter's throwing, you know, four shutout innings, you know you're probably going to have a game where you may come in. So all those things mentally really make a big difference if you know your role. And I just can't stress enough. I really, really hope that the guys know their role a lot sooner than years in the past, because I think that can make a big, big difference. Yeah. Killer point. Kill, uh, killer point from one of the killer bees, as Tay <laughs> has pointed out here on the uh, the award-winning Nana's Porch chat box. But we'll let you go here in about five or six minutes, Kip. Before I let you go, I will ask you about your golf game, because, um, you know, I've played golf with Drew. He's gotten better 
Um, Smoke, that's all he does now. I think he's attempting to make it on some, like the Corn Fairy Tour or something. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's like, it's all, he's forgot how to swing a bat. It's, it's all about the club now. All right, man. So the catcher position, the, all right, so this team specifically, and, and um, we kind of hit on this earlier. We had John Whittle on, who's, I think, the best at covering Carolina baseball, Kip. And um, we talked to Monty this week, and, and we talked to Mark last week. Mark was a catcher. He knows yeah. what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, you know what good catchers look like. I mean, for God's sake, you threw to Brandon Pack. Um, now these guys are young, and and they're they're not well versed in the SEC, but they've got a lot of power arms and a lot of talent. And there is more to catching than just catching the baseball. You got to ha- be able to handle a staff. So, in your eyes, starting today and over the next couple of weeks, as they get to the most important part of the year, which is playing in league play. What are you going to be really looking for out of Cole Messina, out of Talmud Lee Croy, if French gets in there, the transfer from Clemson? Like, what are you focused on? Really, for me, it's, uh, it's you know, if, if a catcher was hitting, that was great. I wanted him to receive well. I really didn't care if he threw guys out. I did a, I personally did it, tried to make sure I did a really good job of changing my hold times, being quick to the plate, kind of trying to shut down the running game just by being quick to the plate. Um, the biggest thing I look for is the communication between a pitcher and a catcher. I always wanted to talk to my catcher because there were many a times where I thought my fastball might be really good that day. And he would say, Kip, your fastball sucks today. We need to throw the change up in the cutter. And are there be times where I didn't think my fastball was very good and his view of it and, and the hitter's view of it is like, Kip, you need to trust it. We need to throw it. We need to throw it 80% of the time today. And watching the hitter swing, you know, I, I I go back to really just the other night with Wingo. I was We were messing around after mess, playing with my kids, and he got in the uh, cage and wanted to hit off the uh, machine to show off in front of my boys, which, of course, I loved, and they loved it. And <laughs> he, he, he was a little bit late on a middle-end pitch, and I said, this is exactly what I'm talking about. You see, I saw you were you were late on that middle end pitch. He said, yeah. I said, well, what's the next pitch I'm going to throw you? And he goes, it should be fastball in. And I said, exactly. I said, that's what I'm looking for because if you can't see that, I don't care how hard you throw and what your electric stuff is, you may end up getting that guy out. We may see that with Will Sanders today, but he may have to waste four or five pitches in that at bat whenever all he had to do is go in and execute a fastball in on the next pitch and he gets a fister to the shortstop for an easy ground ball out or a swing and miss for strike three, whatever it may be, it's being able to exploit because the hitter will show you his weakness. You just got to watch their swing and how they're reacting to your pitches. JC, do, do, you, do you want to ask the great Kip Ball night any questions or – should we just take it? No, because I, I don't want to think about that Louisiana Lafayette series. Oh, no. His start was fine. His start was fine. But that, that, that game two, I was, I was at the game two and oh, at game three. I just, uh, I can't, I can't. Everybody was a great season. Up. I mean, look, six losses in the regular season that year, Kip. I mean, and look, it was a disappointing end and, and not to bring that up, but that's, uh, that's hard to do in, in through 56 baseball games. Uh, and, and I look at the schedule this year, and I know that one of those six losses was a midweek to Elon, 25-5 and five in the SEC. Um, 
But the schedule for this year's team, I mean, you know, they should get off to a good start. They should have like a, you know, the, the 14 and one, 14 and two type of record. How important was that to you guys in those years to get off to that kind of fast start, regardless of the competition, uh, and get ready for SEC play? Well, we just had – we developed a culture, and it started my freshman year. Uh, and the year prior when Coach Tanner's his first year was in 97, my high school – senior high school season. But he had to get rid of some bad apples. He had to get some guys that uh, led by example. And uh, quite frankly, he, 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 he got a bunch of winners. And it, it just uh, – we, we refused to have lackadaisical practices. We, we would challenge each other. And, uh, you know, each of us had a different way of going about our business. But we figured out um, that the only way for us to have fun and relax during a game was for us to be prepared so well in practice and putting ourselves in tough positions in practice. I mean, our bullpens – uh, you know, we're not just, oh, we're just going over there to get our work in. We're working on this. I mean, we were challenging each other in bullpens and I'd have hitters stand in. And, you know, when when I'm throwing pitches and you know, they would quite frankly say, you know, I can remember Gary Scott saying, oh, ah, that was a home run. That was a terrible pitch, you know, whatever it may have been. But just just being able to be relentless, the, the mental part of the game, you know, right now, especially with all the the, the social media, the the hit tracker, the, oh, he's this spin rate, he's throwing this, that, and the other. And it's like I was talking with Monty Lee the other day. And, I mean, all those things are great and the kids love it, but they, they can't be focused on all that. The hitter's right. going to tell you if your stuff's good, the hitter will tell you. You don't need to look back at the radar or look back at spin rates and whatever it may be. They've just got to quit worrying about all of that outside noise, in my opinion, and go get the freaking job done on the field because um, I, I'm really, really hoping that this team is uh, is a lot better mentally than what I've seen in the years past. And I, I want guys that are hungry because they should be playing with a chip on their shoulder because, quite frankly, we stunk last year. And this is a program that is not supposed to stink. And this is a program that's supposed to go to Omaha for – five times in 10 years, hosting regionals, hosting super regionals. And they have the talent. Now they just got to go out and do it. Uh, yeah. You know, we didn't really touch on the the hitting too much. Uh, I, I, a lot of concerns there for me. I know a lot of new pieces. Yeah. I, I think they can be good. But, um, you know, I heard one uh, outlet talking about Wimmer, hoping he gets back to double-digit home runs. Wimmer needs to do exactly what he did last year. He batted over 300. He wasn't trying to hit home runs. He was driving the baseball. Again, individual. Michael Jordan said it best. The only reason why I won a Golden Spikes Award was because our team was successful. Individual accolades come when your team is successful. And if this group will put their team first and play for a Gamecock victory and be relentless about that, then we could have a couple All-Americans on our team, maybe from our pitching staff. And, heck, I hope somebody breaks my record because that's what it's all about. If I was a pitcher on that team with that kind of talent, I'd be gunning for my record. I would absolutely be like, you know what, I'm going to just shatter his records. And they have the ability, that, but do they have that mindset? Do they have that killer instinct? And that, that's, that for me is what I'm looking for, and hopefully we get to see that from this Gamecock baseball team.
Uh, and, it, and it sure sure is helpful and nice to have Monty back in the dugout and have a guy named Scott Wingo in there too because they know what it looks like, just like you Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Uh, to to get it done here, Kip. Uh, we'll let you run on that note. Golf game's good. Where where, Golf where are you at? Okay, it needs yeah. to be better. I'm up to I think a three handicap now, so oh. got to get it back down. You slipped a little bit, huh? Slipping, slipping. Oh. <laughs> Too much work, go. but uh, that's all right. I'll get better. You need to come down and uh and let's go go play let's you you'll, you'll kick my ass but we'll go oh, out right. i'll let I'd you and smoke to. me and drew will just be there for support and you and smoke can y'all y'all can y'all can play we'll and we'll just yeah that'd be great we'll okay. have to do it good to see we're really looking forward you'll be uh you'll be in the booth in about three hours so we're really yes. looking forward to, to hearing the call tonight kip you're, okay. you're really good up there man thank you i try to be it's uh it's not easy and um you know it's uh i try to do my best to be obviously not a Gamecock homer because they tell me not to be. So it's, it, that's the toughest part. And uh, it, it really is. But um, I, I try to give the audience a, a good uh, picture of what I'm seeing. And, 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 you know, it's uh, we'll see. I'm, I have to knock the rust off today. Ah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Go get a win for him. See you soon. All right. Thanks guys. There you go. Kip bought night, all American and pretty much everything else. Uh, at South Carolina. Final time out of the afternoon. Another pitcher is coming up, but he threw from the other side. Former first rounder, Soup, Matt Campbell, joins us right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I want you to take me to Disney World. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As y'all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on earth. I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, in fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation, or you know, more likely your first, so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com and talk to Cherie, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Aventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more. They sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the Lowcountry. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey, Mo Calvert here from Carolina Gamecocks. You're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Twelve forty nine, final segment of the afternoon on opening day inside the Gamecocks. The show, our program is painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. And if you need something painted garnet and black in your house, you can register and have that happen 
for free. A Gamecock Room giveaway is underway. A couple of painters, if you head to Facebook, make sure that you just follow them on Facebook. Uh, but it, you don't have to. It'd be nice if you did. And you can register. It's right there on the on the main page. Uh, just click their uh, little registration box and just send them your name, phone number, and email. And somebody's going to win a free Gamecock room. Garnet, black, and white, or however you want to do the colors. But uh, make sure you register at a couple of painters on Facebook. You can find them online as well at lemmepaintsomething.com. They'll, uh, they'll be pulling the winner in less than two weeks, so make sure you get registered. But uh, they are the best. They paint everywhere in South Carolina, everywhere in Georgia. It doesn't matter what part of the state you're in. Licensed and insured a couple of painters. All right, we are live, of course, from the Sinorama Studios, and our final guest of the afternoon, another guy that, that really doesn't need an introduction, He's another draft pick. We've had six of them today. He was taken in the first round by the Kansas City Royals back in 2004. He's got the, quote, sickest breaking ball I've ever seen, or at least he used to. I don't know if he can throw it anymore. In 2004, he led the SEC with 145 strikeouts. It's the second most in a single season in school history. He was an All-American, and he also played on Team USA in 2003, and the head coach of that team was a guy named Ray Tanner, who was also the head coach of the Gamecocks, who he played for. Above all that, I'm honored to call him a dear friend. It's Matt Campbell. What's up, man? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Well, it's opening day. Where the hell are you? You sound like you're standing on the side of the interstate. Well, I'm, I'm actually here in Myrtle Beach for a, uh, a work clinic and decided to step out for a few minutes and get a little, uh, get a little break from work. So, did you really have the sickest breaking ball in the history of the program? I don't even know about that. Shoot, I uh, I don't know, man. I just I just threw it, and and, and hopefully they missed it. <laughs> well, they did 145 <laughs> times in 2004. Uh, uh, they missed it a lot. I, you know what, dude? And I, I'm going to let JC and Phil ask some questions here in a minute. Um, but but I've, I've never even thought about this until it clicked with me this morning that when you played on the 03 Team USA team, that Coach Tanner was the head coach. How, I know how he is as the head coach at South Carolina. How, how did he treat you on Team USA? Was he any different? Even worse. He was tougher on me. I think, you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, as a parent now, I've learned over the past few years, you know, you're probably a little tougher on your own kids than you are you know, others. And, uh, I think, you know, he probably recognized that on Team USA that, um, you know, I, I was one of his, so he, he was probably a little bit tougher on me. <laughs> I don't doubt that. Go ahead, JC. Uh, yeah, Matt, you played on a team in, in 04 with, uh, Chad Blackwell. I, I think Chad Blackwell is kind of one of more the, the more underrated guys. And there's a lot of talk about this year's team at Carolina needing to find a closer. I, th I thought Chad was one of the better ones they had, even though he was only there a year. Uh, what, can he, what do you remember about him and uh, his breaking ball? I mean, he looked like – I mean, I'm not a baseball guy, you know, but looking at it, I, I just think, like, with kind of weirdness that he threw the ball, it would be very tough to hit him. He came from all different arm angles. I mean, I, I want to say his slider was like a frisbee. Just nasty stuff. I mean, it moved all over the place. He had a nasty uh, little two-seamer. So, you know, the, the ball was going, you know, both directions. Uh, the, the, the hitters were constantly off balance, never knew uh, which way the ball was going. And he just had a uh, a screw-it mentality. Like, he didn't care. He was like, here it comes, hit it, good luck. 
um, which is, I guess, what you got to do uh, as, as a closer. But I remember the first time we met him, I want to say he showed up uh, in our team meeting with an orange jumpsuit, uh, a tongue ring, and his hair bleach blonde spikes. And I remember everybody just looking around. Who's like, this guy? In the world? Yeah, who is this guy? Like, it's like Major it's, League. Yeah, it was. Like, like is, he, is, he fresh, is he fresh out of jail? Like, what's going on here? Um, nah, he was uh, – no, nah, Blackwell was, was one of my good buddies. Obviously played with uh, with Kansas City with us and, and, and had a really long uh, baseball uh, professional career after uh, South Carolina, but he was just filthy every which way. I mean, every pitch he threw through had a lot of movement. Um, he was nasty. I will add, if you can see behind me, this is one of my favorite uniform combinations ever at South Carolina. Those black jerseys with the garnet numbers and the garnet hat, that is that is actually Matt Campbell about to throw that pitch there, um, believe it or not. I didn't realize that – I don't know Blackwell – uh, I didn't realize that was his look. That was Ian Paxton's look, too. Like, what was going on back then? <laughs> the 2000s, man. Yeah. I, oh, man, that was great. I couldn't describe it, but, man, he, he was an awesome guy. I mean, and it just goes to show, like, uh, you know, in a locker room, you're going to have guys from, from all over the place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, everybody can come together and be on the same – same team, different backgrounds, and, and, and fight for one cause. And obviously that was Gamecock baseball for us and, and being successful, and we were able to do that. Yeah. How did that come together? Like, because – so I that's interesting because it also carries over to the staff. Like, we all understand Coach Tanner. I, I know that he's pretty buttoned up now. Um, but Coach Tanner, the baseball coach, he's he was just different. Uh, but then also in that dugout, you had Jim Toman and you had Jerry Myers. And, I mean, you, you literally have three guys who I feel like couldn't be more different than they were. But they seemingly always worked so well together. Of course, Monty came in, I think, in 03, maybe your second year at Carolina. And he was the young buck on that staff coming from um, from SMC. So he probably walked in and was like, what the hell is going on around here with these cats? But, 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 but I mean, like you just described, like that's a locker room, you know, and you got to figure it out. And and under coach Tanner's leadership, you know, they, they generally always had a way to figure it out. You know, we had a good group, I think with, uh, like you said, a a good mix of people. You had good cop, bad cop with, uh, coach Tanner, coach Tolman, uh, coach Myers was always somebody who who could kind of pick you up too, but he was very quiet. Um, he never said said too much i think coach toma did did the talking for for most of that staff but uh <laughs> yeah i mean it was just a good mix i think you know you, you had at least one of the coaches could relate to each and every uh personality on the team and, and really did a good job of, of bringing everybody together and, and getting the most out of everybody in college ball and in pro ball who was the best hitter you ever faced Khalil Green by far. I don't. She's. Uh, I, I don't. I don't even know if I ever got that guy out. I threw him everything in the book. Uh, he just. He was tough. I mean, had great balance at the plate. Just, he, you know, you never really felt like you could you could fool him. Um, as far as on our team when we played, Steven Tollison was a tough out for me. I could never. Really? Uh, again, same same thing. Just. Good hitter, good uh, balance, and you know, never, never really felt like you, 
you, you caught him off guard. Um, you know, he, he'd sit there and foul off pitches. And the next thing you know, you can't give in a little bit because you catch too much of the plate. You know, they're, they're going to they're gonna get a base hit. Uh, they're they're going to make you pay for it. So the, those are probably uh, my two toughest guys that I faced throughout my career. Phil, you know, um, you know, Matt's a Simpsonville guy. Not no. far away from you, you know. He's a Simpsonville right. guy. Hillcrest High School. That's right, Hillcrest. Yeah, I was going to say, I know, yeah, Hillcrest High. Well, now, now, now he's a Wando warrior. He married into the yeah. warrior family. Oh, well, yeah. Think, yeah, well, yeah, those of us who were born up here are all trying to flee down to the low country, so I don't <laughs> I can understand that completely. You and the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's because the do- rest of the world's coming in here, JB. Uh, <laughs> Should we do soup the honor of uh, of telling everybody that he is also the brother in law to one Michael Flint? <laughs> I am. Uh, seems uh, seems I knew that. Seems yeah. I knew that. But yeah. I, I think yeah. I found that out at a tailgate a couple of years ago in Columbia. So my, the yeah. details are a little fuzzy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going away. From, I was away from Greenville from '02 to '15, and I moved back. And Hillcrest High School all of a sudden, like overnight, became a power. Christ yeah. Church was winning at football, and Southside Christian had a football team that had won a state title too. So I was like, "It's like Bizarro World." When I went back, so the so <laughs> go Rams, go Rams. When I put when I played Burns, they were Burn, when I played at Burns, they were more of a baseball uh, school at that point in time. And so it was Malden for that matter. But yeah, I remember that as, as well. So, mm-hmm. Soup, what would be your uh, your advice to to this year's group of Gamecocks? You know, they're they're going to be they're trying to bounce back. This program, they've been through a lot. You know, a lot of injuries last year on the pitching staff. That's really what threw the whole thing off. Totally, just threw the whole thing off, right? And. Um, and made it much worse. It was probably going to be a, gr- a little bit of a grind, anyways, but not that. So now you got this group; it's on their shoulders, and really, it's on the pitching staff. This staff, there's a lot of expectations that are kind of starting to settle in, and, and they know that. What would be your advice to them if you if they were uh, if you were talking to the team before they ran out there today? You know, I caught the tail end of uh, of, of Kip's segment there, and I, I think he hit the nail on the head. It's it's a mentality. Uh, you know, you're never out of the game. Uh, just you got it's a grind in the SEC. It's an absolute grind. You're you're going to be going up against teams with with you know the same kind of talent. Uh, I think that uh, South Carolina's got the talent, but it's just a it's a, it's all mental. And then South Carolina's going to need that those leaders in the uh, in the clubhouse to step up and take that team and say, I don't care if it's a, a freshman you know, or senior, uh, somebody's got to step up and say, this is my team. We're not going out like this. You know, we're going to grind. Um, not every win's going to be, be be easy. You're not, you're not going to be blowing people out. I mean, you've got to win those one run games, but it's just that mentality that you're never out. You're not going to lose. I'm not going to let the guy next to me down. Um, I'm the pitcher. I want the ball in my hand, uh, you know, with the bases loaded, whatever, uh, two outs, bottom of the ninth, like, Put yourself in those situations and just know mentally that, that you're going to win at the end of the day. That's uh, it's all mental to me, and they just got to have that mindset to go out there and just win, and not just win, dominate, uh, dominate your opponent, um, and do it for the guy sitting next to you. Because if you go out there and have the first little bit of doubt in your head that you're not going to succeed or, or win or what whatever, um, you know, I think you're 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 not going to do well, especially in that league. It's going to, it's, it's going to chew you up and switch you out. So I, to me, it's all mental. Um, 
And if they can go in with the right right approach and, you know, again, they're talented enough to get the, to get the job done. Uh, they just got to be uh, mentally strong enough to, to, to beat the other team and, and just really out, out, out will them. Um, you know, not always the, the most talented team wins. I mean, look, look at, look at pro ball. If, yep. if that, if the most talented team won every time, I guess the, the, the Yankees or, you know, the, the Dodgers or whoever would win every year because they got the, the deepest pockets, but that's, that's not the case with baseball. So you just, you got to grind it out. You know, what coach Tanny say, get those duck snorts and whatever kind of hits he's always talking about. That's, that's how you win games. Yeah. He's, he's got a few of those. You pitched in the world series in 02, 03, and 04. It's amazing to think that Omaha is on your resume three times. Soup, this team's trying to get back to Omaha. This is my final quick question for you. Just as a pitcher, uh, the 04 team didn't y'all didn't swing it as well, obviously, as that 02 team or the 03 team. The the 04 team offensively was was a little bit a little bit different. Um, the game has changed, there's no doubt. But pitching can take you to Omaha. And and back then, you know, y'all had pitching and it took you to Omaha three straight years. Kind of explain that as a pitcher. Oh, it's a good feeling, you know. It, and not that the team is ever divided, but you got, you know pitchers on one side and, and hitters on the other. And we used to always mess around with each other like, oh, don't worry about it, guys. We got you today. You know, you can put up one. We, we, we got this thing, uh, you know, just messing around with those guys. But, you know, at the same time, you know, we didn't always have our best stuff. And and the, the hitters got to step up uh, when it's not your day and, and, and pick you up and bail, bail you out. Uh, again, you know, baseball is a game of failure. So, Just, yeah, it's going to be dominated by, by by pitching a lot of times, especially in the SEC when some of the arms are rolling out. I mean, they got guys throwing, you know, ninety five to hundred now, and they're rolling those guys out Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and shoot, they even got midweek guys throwing that hard. So it's you know the game's probably changed a little bit since since I was there. But um, again, I think it goes back to mentality not not going to lose. But again, you know, having to pitch a staff to to, to carry a team it's fun you know we always used to uh used to jab the, the hitters about that but we we yeah. had we had we had it good on both sides i mean that my freshman year that was a that was a hitting team yep yeah i i would say so <laughs> there's no doubt about that uh they 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 could they could shoot drew had 120 of them on on his own that season which was just i still can't comprehend how that even happened but it's amazing matt will We'll let you go. Um, I'll see you soon, but uh, enjoy the Dirty Myrtle. That's JC's Disney World. And uh, and safe, safe trip back to the low country, the real low country. And we'll catch up here soon, brother. Go Gamecocks as always. Sounds good. Go Cox. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. There you go. Soup. And anybody that ever faced him will tell you he, is, he had the, quote, sickest breaking ball ever. I can't tell you Sick. how many times I've heard breaking ball. Yeah. Phil, I know oh. we went five minutes over, but uh, great show, guys! Oh uh, man, it, you know, for a show like this, five ten minutes. You know, if we had four more interviews, they'd stay with us for another hour. It's been so fun today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> been I, a good one. It has been certainly been a good one. There's there's no doubt about that. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the game. Your mic conked out right at the end. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs>
Oh, no, you're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are, you're back now. Oh, my goodness. I was like, oh, no, Peter. Oh, no. We just lost it. Oh, no, Peter. Oh, damn, <laughs> five minutes. Right there. He got all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. Anyway, great show. Uh, 76 in the chat box said something about uh, winners, winning mentality. That's the, that's the takeaway yeah. from today. All those guys are winners. and I think they're absolutely right about this year's team. Got to have that fire. It's all in the head. I agree with that. You know, really looking forward to seeing them bring the brand that we understand as Gamecock baseball back to the surface. And looking forward to seeing it tonight. And happy college baseball is back all across America. I, I could, I could tell you this: after our game tonight, I'll be still on uh, ESPN Plus watching another college baseball game. I just love college baseball. I love it. I love it. Thanks to you too. I appreciate it. Good, good week and. Go Cox. See you Monday. Been fun. Go Cox.